back the consecutive weeks this time <laughs> we didn't take any time off this time uh welcome to coffee bacon and other sacred things i am your one of your hosts i am pastor chris gravison and my lovely and talented co-host miss jo- miss joyce adams is hello. with me hello everyone i almost said evans for some st- oh well that's, you a, that's a good name is it i can give you a new name <laughs> Why not? i dubbed the you know jesus did it to peter you know? <laughs> I'll change my first name too because it's kind of dorky. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you live with a woman with your same name. I know. Really? That, that's just poor planning, dear. I'm I know, just, and we work for the same organization. <laughs> we have this mutual friend, you know. You go to the same When church. they say Joyce, everybody's head swivels around. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Well, welcome. And um, I I have to tell you, I am so excited about this episode. I got, and as I was preparing for it, I got more and more and more excited all the time. I just, I love this. First of all, we are continuing our, uh, our series of Fun with Cryptids. And today, we're talking about Jonah's Fish. And I just think this is going to be so much fun. And we're going to have, because to me, that's the OG cryptid. Right. That is the OG cryptid. The granddaddy of all cryptids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think of it as a cryptid. So that makes it even more fun. So, but first of all, please like and follow us on Facebook. We have a growing audience and, and you know, of likes of followers on Facebook. Please join us. And also... If you're listening to this on Podbean or Spotify or Amazon or Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio, and yes, even if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a like and give us a f- and, and follow us on on those. And if you have somebody who only has a computer doesn't doesn't do things like this on your phone on their phone, um, go tell them just go to coffeebaconguy.podbean.com and you can just. Get in there, and it's wonderful, ready to go, and, and listen to it on their computer. So, and if you have a subject you want us to discuss, just you know, send us a message on Facebook page. So I had to get the the business out of the way, and I, again, I will continue to apologize. Every episode, I have a cough drop in my mouth. I have this ongoing ridiculous cough that the doctors are going to they're going to fix you they're going to yeah god willing and <laughs> it's like going to the mechanic but although, a mechanic oh, for people <laughs> although my sweet brenda has tried for many years to fix me no 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 we're talking about a different kind of broke <laughs> speaking of yes. my evil wife she did the most evil thing she could she left me oh bear and i are, yeah, we're just we're a couple of bachelors on in town, and and foolish woman, she leaves me with the biggest chick magnet on the face of the earth. <laughs> a big white puppy dog, a big white puppy big who loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brenda had a really neat opportunity. She's a she's a music teacher, so she had a had the opportunity to go to Washington D.C. and go to a conference with other music teachers, and what the best part. Everything's paid for. That's wonderful. She just texted yeah. me and said they're at a French restaurant, 
And she said, thankfully, there's English uh, descriptions of the food because the food's all in French. (laughs) I was like, get the frog legs. (laughs) (laughs) The frogs resent that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, her mom, mom, her father used to go frog, frog gigging all the time in Indiana. First time I came down for a visit and and to go to church with them the next day and everything, they I think her father was trying to gross me out because you know the guy from California didn't know nothing type thing, and so um, mom fixed frog legs, I mean, fried frog legs. I loved them. They it tastes like fishy chicken, mm-hmm. and but it was really good. And I must have shoveled seven or eight pair of those in in my gullet. And I had the runs the next morning. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what's in frog legs. But every time I have more than two pair, I'm yeah. going to the bathroom the next morning. <laughs> well, they're not meant to be eaten in mass quantities, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, but I loved them. I just couldn't go to the church the next morning. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Well, that was a long time ago. Oh. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I was trying to cut my microphone off so I could cough. <clears throat> okay, see? That's what I was trying to do. Okay. There. I successfully com- completed it, so I deserved applause. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, so we're getting to, we're talking about Jonah's fish today, but you can't talk about Jonah's fish and not have the story. Because it, it really is. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's... It's true, but it's got all the trappings of one of those, you know, of the best ironic, uh, you know, stories ever. But, you know, I like everything. I believe that this happened. I believe God did this. And what's interesting is with Jonah, we know he was a real person because, um, golly, everything is so loud on me today. There we go. That's not quite, that's better. Um we know he's a real person because he also appears another time in uh, in, in the Bible. He appears in 2 Kings um, chapter 14. It talks how uh, King Jeroboam II, who was one of the biggest dirtbag kings that um, that was ever on the throne in, I can't remember if he was um, king of Israel or, or, or Judah, I'm not sure. That's saying you, something, because there were some bad guys back in those yeah, days. Yeah, there were some dirtbags, and he was super dirtbag. And Jonah went to him and told him, hey, you know, God's favor is with you. He was, ta- he was thinking about going to war, going to battle. And Jonah says, yeah, go, because God's favor is with you. At the, but at the same time, Amos, the prophet Amos, was prophesying and saying, you know, God spoke through Amos and said, no, no, I've, I have removed my favor from you. And, you know, justice is going to come against you. So, he didn't know who to believe. And so, so it's one of those things where he, Jonas, or Jonah gave this prophecy, and then Amos contradicted him. So, it's kind of like, okay, his his character is already pretty sus to begin with, to, to use one of the young people's words, you know. Sus is, is just short for suspect. So, you know, we kind of know that going into the story. And it, and what I'm, what we'll do is we'll talk about the story up to the fish. And then we'll talk about the fish. And then we'll finish the story. Um because you know you knew something about the whale stuff that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So we're going we're going to get into that. Gross stuff. 
Yeah. The only reason I'm she's smarter than me. And the only I just I just know the Bible. <laughs> that is one my one area of expertise and I can name you six people off the top of my head that are much smarter than me that know the Bible. I just have fun with it. So, okay. Jonas Jonas. I don't know where those brothers came from, but they weren't in the Bible, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jonah, he was a prophet of God and you know, God told him, go to Nineveh and and preach against its evil. Go, I want to save these people, so go preach to them. And now Nineveh was a huge city in the Assyrian Empire. Again, you, take th- you talk about dirtbags and horrible people. These were some of the most sinful, terrible people ever. And they were very cruel to... Uh, the Israelites, the Israelite people. So Jonah hated him. He said he didn't want anything to do with it. So he tries, you know, the, the old thing, it's true. He tried to run from God and he gets on a boat. Why would you get on a boat? <laughs> it, it, well, it keeps going. He gets on the boat and he goes down to the hull and he's sleeping and a huge storm kicks up because God wants to wake him up and get him back to where he, want, where he wants him. And all the the sailors on the boat were pagans. They were they didn't know God. They didn't know nothing. And so they cast lots, you know, or they rolled dice. We 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 call it rolling the dice. They cast lots to, to try to figure out who was causing, who was uh, their gods were angry with them, and they came to Jonah. And so Jonah, they went down and woke up Jonah and said, "What did you do to cause this storm?" And he, this is what he says. He says. Yeah, it's me. And they said, well, what happened? He says, I worship I worship the Lord who made the sea and the land. He knows that he worships the Lord that made the sea and the land, and he still tries to run from it. What makes you think it's going to work? It just it drives me nuts. He's just, he's just great. <laughs> um, so, you know, he tells them, and, and um, if you ever check out, if you ever want to check out, um, the Bible Project on um, I'm I'm going with their I'm using them for notes. Um, and they are an amazing group. They have created synopses and you know they they are dedicated to bringing the Bible to people and making it easy to understand. And they're just wonderful. So it's, it's the Bible Project. Go. They've got their own podcast. They've got um, they've made uh, videos for every book of the bible and explained what is in it and in a in a really neat way so this is where i got them and they point out the fact that once they find out once the uh the sailors find out that jonah is the reason for the storm he tells them oh well you know what just throw me overboard just just throw me into the sea and kill me which sounds noble at first but really is probably the most selfish act that he makes in this whole thing because if he dies, that's the ultimate way of not doing what God told him to do. I mean, if I had hair, I'd be pulling it out right now. And it, <laughs> so they do. They they throw him into the sea and then they repent and start worshiping God. So these pagans are do are you know repent. And they are converted to, to worshiping the one true God. But Jonah is still fighting him. 
And, you know, so Jonah thinks he's got it. He's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be done with it. And we don't have to worry about it anymore. Then we come to the fish. Now, it says in Jonah 1 verse 17, Now the Lord provided, or in some translations, prepared a, fi- a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the, the fish three days and three nights. Now, it's interesting for a long time that the the it was transferred it was translated as whale mm-hmm. so you know Jonah and the whale we, that's what we all grew up with yeah, and especially what, in the King James thought, it was a good kid story too yeah love the story because you could do it without you know all the bad stuff and it, you know the, the getting thrown up on the on the on the side or on the dry land that's the best part for for little boys you know but um, it's more accurately the the Hebrew word for it is fish. So I like that because it opens it up to a lot more speculation, a lot more possibilities. So once again, I did my research. I did. I spent an hour. Okay, a whole hour. <laughs> no, I spent more than that, but I had fun with it. Um, so I checked several articles, but the best one I found was from the Armstrong Institute of Biblical Archaeology, and I like this because they these are. These are Bible scholars that are are looking at um, biblical archaeology. They're looking at it from this point. And they pose the question, what sort of creature could could admit an entire human into its jaws? You know they're smart when they use the word like admit (laughs) instead of just eat or swallow. (laughs) So their first thought was the whale shark. Now, you're familiar with the whale shark, aren't you, dear? I've seen pictures of divers swimming next to them. They're very docile. Yeah. And the, the, the people are just dwarfed. They're not even as big as one of their the whale's you know, nostrils or something. They're just huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, they, they grow up to 70 feet long and, and weigh up to 20 tons. So these are, yeah, it's the largest fish. Largest. I love how the, the article said it's the largest confirmed fish. I like that. They're very specific. <laughs> Yes, because there's a lot of things in the ocean that people don't know about, and, and yeah, maybe we'll discover someday. But right now, there's things down there we don't even, probably don't even want to know about. Actually, yeah. if you go swim in the oh. ocean, yeah, when they get down to like the way bottom of the ocean, some of those things are so freaky. Really? I know. It's like God, were you having a bad day? And yeah. that's why <laughs> they're just like a set of teeth with a little tiny body attached. Yeah, it's 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 creepy sometimes. But yeah, these but these are. You know, spotted. They're actually very majestic-looking creatures to me, and um, they have a mouth four feet wide. So now, even though they're filter eaters, they just they have little bitty teeth that they basically eat. Was it plankton, plankton. and krill and that kind of stuff? Yes. But it is possible for a person to fit into their mouths, and there's actually a true account of a diver being half swallowed up to her thighs. But it was it's when you read the story, it's really interesting because they said they they've swam among these shark the the whale sharks so many times and but one was just acting really weird and started swimming directly toward the swimmers and she got caught off guard and he just swallowed you know just took her in his mouth and all the way up to the thighs and of course he you know shook his head once or twice and spit her right out. <laughs> And she, you, the worst thing she had was a little cut on her hand, but 
they say he was acting strange. I think he was just annoyed with all the people. Probably. <laughs> all these little flies buzzing around. And they don't even taste good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they have a mouth that's big enough to, to fit, but they have a very small esophagus that's only a few inches wide. So, a big mouth, small esophagus, it... it by their standards and the way they look, they're looking at it, there's no way he could fit to the stomach. And scripture specifically says that he was in the belly of the whale, the belly of the of the fish. So, and it went. They went through a few. They said basically filter feeding fish, um, and and whales all have those big mouths and small throats. It is the probably the blue whale would be the most likely. It's not a fish. It's a mammal, but um. The, the you know they're 100 feet long and weigh up to 200 tons it's the largest living thing on the earth and well i think the blue whale is the largest okay the it's largest animal creature yeah yeah largest animal on the earth because i think some the the sequoias the great sequoias oh, yes. are longer yes. than than them Absolutely. so it's the largest yeah. animal on the earth and they have their esophagus is an average of about a foot in diameter so, if someone's slim, they, they're thinking it's possible for him to get down in there. And um, they also pose the possibility of the sperm whale. Now, <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite part, because this is where it gets gross. <laughs> this is the part I know about, the gross part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, my, my wonderful and talented co-host specializes in gross. <laughs> But the sperm whale, those things are massive, too. They're 80 feet long. They get up to 80 feet long, 80 tons. And, you know, the sperm whales have been cut open and revealed entire sharks and squid um, in their in their stomachs. So their, their uh, jaws aren't designed for chewing. They don't chew their food. They just swallow. Yeah. And so it they are adapt at swallowing things whole. Sharks are pretty much bigger than humans. So it's it's very possible, according to the Smithsonian, um, it's very possible that um, a, a sperm whale could swallow a human. So there's a vote for the whale, you know, the Jonah and his whale. <laughs> we got we got to talk about it just for the sake of grossness. I love this because Jonah uh, chapter two verse ten says the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It went bleh, and just back on dry land. Can you imagine what that sound was like? <laughs> it was <been> horrible. <laughs> a couple of kids playing on the beach and they hear this whale <laughs> vomiting this man up on <laughs> I'm sure it could be heard for a long distance. And don't you know, that's where I go. <laughs> but I want to I I quote from this article. And this is the part, the, it, it says, uh, sperm whales are unique they're actually known for their vomit, um, and they they produce what is known as am- ambergris. Ambergris, and it's a malleable yet solid substance. I have to say that I'm reading this because I don't think I've ever used the word malleable in a sentence in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> people can be malleable too. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you ever find a chunk of this stuff on the beach, it's worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's, a lot of money. It's created by the bile duct. Mm-hmm. And it says historically it's it's been used for cosmetics and perfumes and c- cigarettes. 
I never heard that one before. Yeah, that's a but new one. I know one. it's used at perfume. Mm-hmm. And it can be harvested. You know, it's now international law is against um, har- you know killing any whales, but um, at least I think so. But it also can be found vomited up and floating on the ocean surface and washed up on shore. And it's pretty foul smelling. And and it's but it says, but with age it takes on a sweeter smell. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, <laughs> you, you go, girl. <laughs> but it, it they still don't know for sure what the purpose of it is. But they have found um, they have found what does it say here? Um, but given that some giant squid beaks have been found contained in ambergris, it's likely something to do with passing. In, in incredibly tough objects because you know uh, the beaks are super hard so and and they say chunks chunks of ambergris can range even up to to 110 pounds so if you find that much ambergris on the beach and you can scoop it up and sell it you're yeah. gonna make some you're money. A rich person yeah. yeah i can't remember what what the actual value is but it's very very expensive yeah and so you know it's it's effectively whale sperm bile and you know, so whale barf, sperm whale bile. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> whale barf. <laughs> whale barf is a better way to put it. <laughs> sperm whale bile. I just want to make sure I'm clearing that. You know, <laughs> and you know, bile is one of the things that gives vomit its joyous smell. So, so we're we're looking at these three possibilities. Okay, They're, that of confirmed fish. Or, or sea creatures. We got the possibly the blue whale, possibly the uh, whale shark, and possibly the uh, sperm whale. Just, you know, it could be that God used them. So, but remember, these are biblical archaeologists. They're scientists. They they deal what is with what is known and quantified, and they're, again, their word, confirmed, that they know. So, they're trying to fit the story of Jonah into the known physical scientific world. Well, they deal with all things normal. And and that's why they're they have these possibilities. I am not a scientist. I am a pastor and generously I could be called a theologian. <laughs> Very generously I could be called a theologian. So with me, to me, God's possibilities are endless. And, you know, what's our, what's our motto? If you don't believe in God, or if you don't believe in Bigfoot, your God is too small. Just period. So, to me, also, if you can, if you entertain the idea, the thought that there is Bigfoot or Mothman or the Chupacabra like we've been talking about, or whatever creature, and you don't think that God could make a special fish in and of himself for himself to do this job. But when when God is trying to do something, particularly when he's trying to make a point, normal really has nothing to do with it because yeah. <laughs> he's God. That's so, right. yeah, so as a pastor, I'm thinking and talking about possibilities with God, which is, you know, so pretty much there's not much off the table when it comes to this stuff. So, this is where my theory of the OG cryptid comes in. The original gangster cryptid from Scripture. To me, it presents the biblical 
possibility, and I know I'm going to get my pastor card taken away from me on, for doing for saying this. It presents the biblical possibility of the megalodon. Okay, I'm just. I mean, we know it existed. They're saying it existed millions and millions of years ago. Yippee skippy doesn't mean that God couldn't save one until he for his purposes. Yeah. And you know they're seventy feet long, seventy tons. And they're not as long as a blue blue whale, but they're a predator. So they've got a larger esophagus to swallow more things. And it's estimated that the size, um, that, that with that size, they could easily swallow a human. What's more, as I looked this up too, the estimated stomach size for a megalodon. Because that was one of the concerns about um, even the blue whale, is that the stomach is pretty small. So, you know, it would be cramped, but maybe Jonah could, could have fit in a blue whale. Well, they estimate the stomach size of a megalodon is 9,605 liters or 2,500 gallons. Wow. Have, have you, if, you, if you ever check out the size of like a 2,500-gallon 2, water, you know, tank, whole, yeah. tank or something like that, that's more than enough room. That's for not just for him to be in there, but to bounce the heck around a lot and sure. get some sense slapped into him as he's bouncing around. So, to me, that, uh, you know what? That's me. It, from now on, when I preach Jonah, I'm preaching the Megalodon, baby. <laughs> I'm the OG cryptid. That's just, there's nothing else to me. <laughs> Like I said, I'm, my district superintendent's going to hear this, and I'm going to get my pastor card taken away so fast it's not even funny. Already suspended for a while. <laughs> but I got to be me. I have to speak the way the Spirit leads me. And, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay. There's there's serious research that says that the, the Megalodon may still exist because they were in the deepest part of the ocean, mm -hmm. which we have no ability to explore. Yeah, and they've found a couple of different sperm whales that have floated up from the bottom because the, the sperm whales go way down deep too mm -hmm. with huge bites taken out of them that is not measurable by the standards that we know of sharks today mm -hmm. it, it looks like a shark bite but it's you know you just don't know i i'm, I'm not saying it is but this is really cool to me in and in, in that it could be so okay let's go on with the story of jonah because the story of jonah is just awesome and i'm sorry i'm kind of preaching today i'm just look she's just lovely window dressing today <laughs> is what she is and because <laughs> i'm happy with that oh because this is so much fun okay jonah uh okay let's get back to the story so jonah bounces around in the fish's um uh stomach for three days and in those three days we get to chapter two and he is uh he he jonah prays and when you read the prayer he never technically repents he doesn't say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He does thank God for not abandoning him. And he promises to obey God from this point on. So, you know, he, he God hears what he wants to hear, at least the bare minimum of what he wants to hear. And Jonah's, uh, as we get into chapter three, you're going to find out just how good Jonah is at the bare minimum. Um, so the fish, whatever, pukes him up 
onto the onto the dry ground and he heads over to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh, like I said, is a huge city in the city in the in the Assyrian kingdom. And he heads over there. It's about they, the scripture says about 120,000 people. So, it's a big city that if it would take several days to walk around the city. And that's what he's doing as a prophet is just going around and, and proclaiming, you know, uh, God's message. So he gets there and he has, in Hebrew, he has a five word message. And it's five words in Hebrew. What it translates to English, translates to English is 40 more days and Nineveh shall be overturned or overthrown. That's it. He doesn't say anything about God. He doesn't point out Nineveh's sin. He doesn't even tell them, he, does, he especially doesn't tell them how to respond. He just says, 40 more days and Nineveh's going to be overthrown. Not well received, I take it. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's like, okay, he did, he did the bare minimum of what God told him to do. He wasn't going to do any more. He said, I would, you know, I do what you tell me from now on. And he did. It's kind of like, you know, a corn dog with one drop of mustard on it or something. <laughs> the bare minimum. And and so, but when this message gets to the king of Nineveh, he calls for repentance. And they, I think this is a wonderful example of what we call prevenient grace, that big word, prevenient grace, which is God brings, God makes himself known to us even though we couldn't know him if, if it wasn't for that. And so I think, you know, bottom line is the Ninevites knew what they were doing and how they were living their lives. There's something in there in them, in, which is God's grace, telling them this is not how you were supposed to live, but they were doing it anyway because that's how what we do as human beings. We rebel against God. So Jonah chapter 3, verses 7 through 10 says, um, the, the king of Nineveh said, by the decree of the king and his nobles, says, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion, relent and with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. So he figures out what this all means, and he calls everybody to repent. So that's what they do. It says, uh, verse 10 says, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. This does not make Jonah happy. Remember, he hates these people. So, and, um, so we get to chapter 4. And this, you know, this shows just how petty, you know, God's people can be, especially Jonah. Because he does what he's supposed to do, gives a message. And as far I, I to me, from the reading of everything, he doesn't know for sure. It's not 40 days yet. So he doesn't know for sure that God is, is going to relent and, and not save him. And so he goes out to a hill to just sit there. And wait to see what happens. So, he's mad at God to begin with. And um, uh, he tells God, we figure out, what, or we find out why he ran to begin with. 
because he tells God, I knew you are compassionate and love to forgive. Now, that's from Exodus chapter 34. And so now he's like, just let me die. Just leave me alone and let me die. So he goes out on the hill and he sits there. And that's when God does another. Okay, you could call it screwball or weird thing. I don't know, but he doesn't because he's trying to make a point. And Jonah's sitting out there in the sun. And by all accounts, he's probably bald. You know, just, we all got to be good looking in our own way. <laughs> and <laughs> and while he's sitting there in the sun, God raises a, a, a leafy vine or, or tree or branch or whatever to give him shade. And he's happy. Or as happy as someone as bitter as him can be. He, you know, he's sitting there and he, it, oh, I like this. Well, then God sends a worm and to destroy the vine and it withers and dies and he's back in the sun again. And again, he just, he's telling God, just let me die. And Jonah, and God says, God comes to him and says, okay, is it right for you to be angry about this plant? You know, it, he asks him actually beforehand, you know, Jonah, is your anger with me justified when he, when he, God forgives the people of, of uh, Nineveh? I'm kind of jumping around here. Sorry. Um, he asks him, is your, do you really have a right to be angry that I actually forgave people? And he just, it, but then the whole thing with the vine happens and God, he told, sorry, <laughs> sometimes I get too excited. <laughs> Regroup, regroup. Yeah, regroup. <laughs> Wait, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> but it, he, he says, he, after the plant dies and Jonah is just saying, just kill me, just be done with it. He says, God says, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? He says, it is. Jonah says, it is. I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, and also many animals? And then the story just ends. It's, <laughs> it's crazy storytelling. But there's two main things that we can gather from this. Aside from the fact God can do anything he wants to, if he wants to make a big fish that's ne that's not Megalodon or anything else, he can. But there's two things that we want to um, remember. First of all, in the biggest picture possible, this is a story about God's character. How he is compassionate and loves to forgive his people. He is not up there wanting to condemn people. And how many times have you heard me say from the pulpit, Joyce, if you go to hell, you paddle your own canoe, okay? <laughs> you have chosen that route. That's right. It's not that God has done, has done, is doing that to you. You've chosen that route. And so here's 120,000 of the worst people ever, the most sinful people ever, and God forgives them because they repent from their evil. So God is a God of justice he is a God of just judgment, but he's also a God of love and forgiveness. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that we can go, you know, this crazy story with, you know, that is got twists and turns and goofy stuff, 
But that's what it's, that's the biggest picture that we're, we're hearing here is that God's character is one of love and compassion. He loves to forgive and he, but he will pass judgment if people reject him. Secondly, and this is a little more, um, I think, personal for Christians today that we, that we struggle with because, and again, this is the, the Bible, uh, the Bible project's perspective. They say, God is messing with us in this story. He's trying to turn us on our head in this story. Because the question is, are you okay with God loving your enemies? And instead of, you know, we we can read the story about um, uh, Nineveh and Jonah's hatred of Nineveh. But I got a name for you that can really throw you into a tailspin. Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And That's hard to swallow. It's hard to swallow. Because honestly, he probably committed... Everything that the, the, the Ninevites did, he, he, maybe they weren't into cannibalism, but he sure was. Yep. And he was a predator. He was a seriously messed up dude. But in prison, he repented and came to Christ. And there are multiple witnesses who said they saw the change in him. They saw the gifts and the graces. And so they believed in his conversion before some jerk just trying to make his stripes in prison murdered him but by the the salvation message in in scripture that we hold to that means when you and i get to heaven he's going to be there and we're going to see him and he's not going to be in some little corner that who just scraped in by the skin of his teeth if he believed in christ and he sought forgiveness he's going to be there with everybody else that is an uncomfortable thought for us. Well, not so much for me. <clears throat> forgiveness is God's forgiveness is is absolute, absolutely yeah. boundless. You know, it's there's no limit to it. He didn't say except for that guy over there, and except for this person, I don't really like at all. Anyhow, um, yeah. it, it's God's forgiveness is for everyone. Yeah, but to take it one step more is, aren't you glad that God loves His enemies? Okay, we. It's hard to think sometimes that God will forgive our enemies, but we should be glad that God loves our enemies. Romans 5, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, my favorite five words in the Bible, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, he, he loved us in our sin, and in our sin, we are enemies of God. So, we hated God. We chose chose to go against Him, and Christ. That's when Christ died for us in the midst of all this. So, God's forgiveness is boundless. God's love and and His His mercy is boundless. And yeah, if someone rejects God and dies rejecting God, yeah, they're going to the other place because that's their choice. But God wants to forgive us of our sins. And I just love that, that part. I love, that's why I love the story of Jonah so much. It's just, it, you, can, you can dissect it all you want to. But when it comes down to it, it's about, God, it's about God's love and his forgiveness. And so, I just, I, that, that's what this podcast is all about. So, all right. We're closing for today. That is, you heard, you just experienced one of my uh, sermons. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining me and Joyce. Joyce, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Until next time. 
All right. And remember, God smiles when he sees you. <laughs>